Well, folks, what is a crack now? Gareth McLean here, your host, bringing you the brightest minds in pre-construction from across the US. Today, we go west to San Diego. I had the pleasure of speaking with Rohan Jawali, the VDC and Innovations Lead at Hensel Phelps. We had a blast. Rohan has been on upward trajectory with Hensel Phelps since joining in 2009. He now leads the VDC and is part of the newly formed National Innovations Group. Now, during our chat, I wanted to drill down on 5D BIM modeling, 6D BIM modeling, pre-construction data, and the excitement around pre-construction technology and where it can take us. Now, before we hear from Rohan, let's hear about the Advancing Pre-Construction Conference. Hey folks, just a quick reminder here of the podcast discount you can get if you're thinking about heading to the Advancing Pre-Construction Conference in Vegas this year. It's going to be held from June 13th to June 15th. Um, For anybody that doesn't know about it, it is North America's largest gathering of pre-con and estimating professional. Um, And this year, there are going to be five education tracks covering supply chain disruption, which we all know about estimating hiring of staff design coordination and subcontract management now there'll be multiple other stands and talks on as well um if you want more information simply google advancing pre-construction and check out their website but if you are interested go on buy your tickets before you purchase simply add the discount code podcast 10 Uh, That's podcast and then the number 10. There's no space in that um, and you'll get a 10% discount. Now there is an early registration discount um, and that finishes on April 29th. So get in, get your discount and I look forward to seeing you there. Rohan Jawali, welcome to the Pre-Construction Podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Wonderful. You're on the, uh, the West Coast, so thanks for getting up early and making yourself available. Not a problem. You know, all our uh, construction guys, you know, there's the, we start early. That's, That's the motto, right. right? Yeah, you probably have half a day's work done now at this stage, have you? Pretty pretty much, pretty <laughs> much. It's super productive in the mornings. That's it. No, I'm the same. I get all my work done uh, early in the mornings. Um, well, listen, let's jump straight into it um, because your background is, is fascinating. Um, thank you for reaching out to us. Obviously, you saw a bit of content online. Uh, put yourself forward, which I always like because um, there's not enough people that are putting themselves forward, especially in critical pos- positions like, like yourself, what you're doing over at Hansel Phelps. So um, the more, obviously, you can help the audience uh, the more the faster we can move forward with anything um, so just before we, we, we crack into the, the, the meaty parts give us an idea of your career 12 12 years seven months with Hensel Phelps what's it been like it's been amazing I'll tell you that um, like I said I mean we, I've been with Hensel Phelps for over 12 years and I worked pretty much through all the market sectors different types of building different types of complexities on the project uh, I started back in 2009 on a GSA project here in San Diego, the Vertical Fort House, uh, as a BIM coordinator. I was one of the you know first BIM coordinator hires uh, for Hinsafos back in time, and that's where this whole BIM movement started. Right. Uh, once we finished the BIM uh, coordination, um, I essentially moved on to a traditional path. Uh, you know, helped out in the office, helped out in the field, and then a uh, couple years in, um, 
I essentially transitioned over to our um, regional role, helping out with a lot of procurements, marketing efforts, and uh, VDC activities across the board. One of the things that we did back at Courthouse was uh, the iPad had recently launched. Um, so I ended up going out and bought the iPad for my personal expense. And then we ended up convincing our team that, hey, this is the way to go. And we ended up scaling out from there, scaling up from there. Uh, regionally, right? Vela Systems was pretty hot back then. So um, there was a lot of success on using those devices. But uh, through marketing, I worked on a lot of procurements in the region, uh, across the nation, actually, and then came back to operations on a hospital job here in San Diego, a giant um, uh, healthcare medical center uh, in central San Diego. And that was an amazing experience for me as well. I spent about three years um, working on Oshpar Submittal, which now is HKI, um, you know, Pretty uh, innovative team, pretty uh, big team, uh, used BIM really, really heavily across the board. And that's where uh, the whole moment of, you know, the BIM started on my mind, like, let's go back to BIM and VDC. And I transitioned back into VDC role. And past year or so, I've been working as, uh, you know, director of innovation uh, as a you know, side work uh, with principals as well. Brilliant, brilliant. And I'll just drag you back, um, and this is what I love about the podcast, I just pivot and just kind of, I hear something, I go, let, let's d- dive into that one. The, the, the healthcare project, three years, I mean, that to be able to sit on a project like that as a BIM guy, um, a VDC guy, running through it for three years, there must have been huge le- lessons learned in that. What was the big takeaway? It was fantastic experience. The biggest takeaway was, you know, you have to have a good team around you as well. You have to know good people. You have to build relationships and you have to plan. Uh, at the end of the day, you think about construction, it's an organized chaos. Uh, you're, you know, becoming a master of organizing chaos as you spend day in, day out. Um, on the on the project, I mean, uh, there were so many different models. There were so many updates happening on a daily basis, new design changes. So really, it took me a while, at least, you know, a month to get in and set myself and understand what's happening. And once we, uh, you know, I got my bearings together and started talking to people, um, it really came together. But uh, if I were to take a takeaway, I mean, it's about people at the end of the day, having relationships matter. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think you, you mentioned there, just speaking to people, communication is vital so that everyone understands because it's impossible to get everyone on the same page and, and, and the same level of understanding because we've all got different backgrounds. Somebody's coming at it from a BDC background. Someone's coming at it procurement, uh, estimating, pre-construction, operations side. Um, and everyone's got that little bit of uh, nugget of knowledge that, that, that'll help everyone else. Absolutely. It was... A- I mean, back in time, we could get together in person too, right? We had our BIM team together, a huge BIM team uh, on site. We had our owners and uh, owners reps and design team and engineers and our team together in one office. And that was a huge benefit for us because we could literally walk to people and have a conversation about, hey, we are seeing this issue. How do we go about it? Uh, And, you know, go from there. Uh, But having people around you was huge help. And for me, someone like me was new in that role new on a you know a particular product type it was even better because i could learn at a faster pace i was drinking from the fire hose, but i was at the same time learning at a pretty you know high uh, rate if i Brilliant. say that and, and rohan i love that I, I think the whole idea of like throwing someone into like a smaller project you just get, put them into a, a large project i mean that's that's how you learn that's the only way to learn um and you learn from other people and, and just on that was that done 3d 4d we did 3D, 4D, and 5D as well, and some capacity 60. You know how people define 60 is really different, but uh, kind of you know some uh, asset transfer as well. 
brilliant. Love it. So lots, lots of learnings and you, you just didn't stick with one. Yeah. Absolutely. And before that, I mean, my focus more was about, you know, 3D and 4D, but I ended up getting into those uh, different domains as well and learning from, like I said, firewalls on brilliant. the fly. <laughs> good, good. Well, that's, I mean, obviously it's now, it's now helped you to where you're at. I would imagine that was a pivotal, pivotal moment in your, in your career. Absolutely. I mean, uh, being on a project of such complexity with a, such a good team and good people um, helped me a lot. And now it's, it, the, the way I look at it is, you know, the game slows down for you, the business slows down for you as you grow older uh, in your career. And once you go through those, you know, bigger projects with, you know, high, you know, velocity teams, next time you start a project, uh, you know what to expect, you know how to tackle uh, the situations, you know where to start. Uh, and get started from that point. And it becomes more organized and more uh, planned uh, as you go. Because again, uh, processes, there are a bunch of processes, bunch of tools, there's chaos, but then having the experience to manage upfront and see uh, visually understand what's coming helps you manage the chaos quite uh, phenomenally well. Yeah, and, and that comes to my next question is that the importance, you mentioned it before, the importance of planning and the importance of pre-construction. Um, how important is that? Because I see a huge shift in companies focusing on that. I mean, traditional construction is just get the drawings from the architect, put a, put a price on it and we'll build it um, when we get the operations. But that's completely changing. Um, how have you seen it evolve throughout your career? I think pre-construction is getting more and more predominant, right? I mean, uh, everybody is building buildings virtually or, you know, on computers first before we, you know, set foot on the ground. Uh, and by that, what I mean is you're essentially doing pretty much everything that you do in the field before you actually break the ground, right? Uh, and BIM is becoming a, a huge part of it uh, by default because it, it accelerates the process for us. It makes it really better and collaborative across the board. Um, and, and, Really, I mean, like I mentioned, we're producing fabrication level models before we you know, send drawings to permit. And that actually is a really, really intense process in a grand scheme of things, because you really have to have a good plan as a team uh, to end up in, in, at, at that position to submit those, that level of details to permit. Uh, that involves uh, you know, quick decision-making, of course, which is number one. <clears throat> collaboration at a grand scheme of things, transparency across the board as a team, and then trust. Um, and high functioning team always have those components regardless between owners, between engineers and architects and contractors. Yeah, brilliant. And you mentioned you, 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 the, the almost perfect digital fabrication. I mean, how close are we to getting, getting to that? Um, where we're, we're, we're building models that are almost exactly what we want um in 5d and we'll go into 16 in a little bit i think we are closer than any like ever uh, yeah. because the models are getting detailed and detailed across the board i mean at least in california i've seen trades you know produce such a high level of detail in their models it's amazing like you know can you model that in the past 10 years like 10 years ago we couldn't have imagined that but now you do so and a lot of trades are fabricating off the model as well as a default, uh, you know, uh, service. Uh, so I think uh, from prefab perspective, I feel like we are getting pretty close uh, as well because now you're developing model and you're creating assemblies in the model as well that will translate into assemblies downstream as well. Brilliant. And is this working with the architects? You mentioned the subcontractors are doing there, but when, in relation to the model, is the architect getting involved? Are they getting involved? Is the architect building models? Are they are they building information that you can use? 
Yes, so uh, the design team is hands-on, uh, at least on healthcare jobs that I worked on uh, in the BIM process uh, from the get-go. Uh, what we are trying, we are starting to do is uh, involve trade partners, subcontractors very, very early in the process. So they are actually working hand-in-hand -hand with the engineers. Uh, sometimes, oftentimes, they're actually working the same model, which is, again, requires a lot of trust because yeah. now you have another you know, trade working in designer's model, how is that going to work, right? Because we're trying to submit those drawings to the to permits. Uh, but again, it, it's a lot of planning upfront. It's a lot of trust building exercises to make sure that, hey, the process is there uh, and, and we're following the check, the, the process from day one until we submit. Brilliant, love it. Um, and you mentioned before, um, just before we, we started recording there, the one good thing coming out of COVID and, and everything that we've gone through, working from home and working working remotely, it's, it's, it's been difficult, there's been challenges, but also it's kind of, it's honed down on our process. It's it's allowed us to get tighter with our process. It's allowed us to get better uh, at working together. Give me an idea of what you saw, especially in Hansel Phelps, how has it improved you guys? You know, honestly, uh, you, you, you said it right. I mean, the process has just gotten better because now we are collaborating at a really high efficiency. If you think about remote teams, I mean, uh, five years ago, if I asked somebody like, can, can construction companies have remote teams uh, in, in action? And the answer would have been no or maybe. Uh, but now if the answer is yes, why not? Yes, we have. We've done it. Um, so you think from remote perspective, I think the processes and the tools have gotten better in the last two years. I mean, someone said it uh, previously, like, you know, sometimes it takes decades to do something. Sometimes it takes a week to happen, a decade or somewhere along the same line. But uh, the tech has evolved in such a, at a, such a fast rate that it's been amazing because you look at Microsoft Teams or Zoom and so on. Uh, people are getting together uh, across the, the country to do uh, you know, meetings and, and talk about uh, issues that we're coming across. We are having field walks with people from New York. Uh, so that entire approach has changed. Brilliant. And what, what you mentioned there, the tech that has improved so much in relation to BIM VDC, what has made it possible? Like, what is the technology that you are leaning heavily on? I mean, you think about, you know, the cloud solutions like, you know, BIM 360, for example, and there are, you know, other vendors in the same space as well. Uh, they really allowed us to collaborate pretty efficiently between different trades, different companies. Uh, you think about, you know, the, the process I mentioned before, like, you know, having trade partners and subcontractors in designers model. I mean, it would have been pretty hard to do 10 years ago. But now it's pretty easy because BIM 360 has changed the game um, yeah. or, or uh, you know, solutions like that are changing the game for us with collaboration. Um, having tools like that with, you know, coupled up with the uh, collaboration, like remote meeting tools, uh, it's actually helping us accelerate the conversation and dialogue across the board. Brilliant. Love it. Um, and is there any tools that are coming out that's getting you really excited? Any new tools I mean, that you're seeing really in any new functionality of BIM 365? The, I mean, Autodesk is doing a fantastic job in this space, but again, there are a bunch of VR, AR startups that are doing a phenomenal job as well, allowing us to collaborate uh, in, you know, all different worlds. Uh, so I think that part of the, the business is going to get even more exciting uh, as we progress forward. Yeah. And Rohan, is there any is there any chance of us moving too fast when it comes to BIM? Because BIM has been around um, for a long time, uh, even in, in another format previously but 
are, are we moving too fast now? Because we obviously, everyone's kind of, is always talking about the construction industry. It's moving too slow. It's not been innovative enough. Um, but COVID, I mean, it definitely has expedited a lot of other things within pre-construction estimating. Um, what about BIM and VDC? I, I think we are still slow. Um, yeah. We have room to be faster for sure. But if, if you think about uh, the pace and the, you know, the collaboration and the adoption in general, it, it really depends on what region you're in, right? Um, what I've seen is coast to coast is uh, the, the processes and uh, people are quite advanced and then everybody else kind of follows them, right? Uh, but in a grand scheme of things, I think we'll get more faster. I mean, generative design is coming in. Uh, there's a lot of AI coming in. So you'll see um, you know, the process get much faster because for Oshport, for example, it would take years in the past to go submit the permit drawings. And now we are going less than two years, when, for example, in some cases. So it's, it's again, going much, much faster in a grand scheme of things, and it's only going to get faster. Brilliant. I love it. I hope you're right. And let's let's go back to, to 5D and 6D. Let, let's t- tell us how... how the costs, how detailed these 5D models are um, and how and what, what improvements can we make with that? So it's a really subjective topic, right? I mean, 5D has been around for a while um, and you think about 5D, uh, it's kind of getting blurred between different uh, processes. For example, a lot of uh, tech companies are coming in with, you know, production tracking and progress tracking and they're you know, showing the earn value and the cost metrics there too. And some people are confusing that with 5D. So what I've started doing in 5D, you break into 5D in two parts. One is 5D cost estimation, which is typically what it should be. And then you have 5D cost verification that happens downstream once you start construction. From 5D uh, cost estimation perspective, I feel like uh, we are there because um, you, you think about 5D, you need to really set the process up front where um, you are setting the expectation with the team uh, on what level of detail you want to model, what you know uh, objects you're modeling and what uh, parameters you're associating. Sometimes it becomes really hard to go in a level of detail that you want on certain trade partners because they might have certain things on the back end uh, differently. Um, sorry about that. Um, okay. Um, so again, from 5D perspective, I think uh, we are pretty close on quantity takeoff uh, level uh, using BIM, uh, but there is st- still some gap uh, that you know, we need to fill in. And I think tech is going to be helpful to fill that gap because the way I explain typically is you think about a typical way of estimating you're start- starting at a higher level of detail on day one, but from BIM, you're starting at zero. Mm-hmm. The BIM catches up pretty fast, but then... Uh, you still have that gap between you know, traditional estimating and BIM level of detail. And that gap needs to be filled in uh, with, uh, you know, something that doesn't exist right now. <laughs> I was going to ask you, that was my next question. What, what does that look like? Um, is that historical data? Is that what, what? That, that absolutely is a historical data uh, that, you know, can be used to predict uh, the things to fill up the gap. And I know, uh, join.build is doing uh, some really good work right now to, you know, uh, use the, the data to, you know, help you make decisions. And uh, that product is uh, coming along together really well. And there are other players in that same space that are trying to solve the same problem to help out on the estimating side. But again, it will be a process. It will be a learning for, for everybody to go uh, arrive at a certain point. And I think industry is going to get there at some point pretty quick, uh, sooner yeah. than we realize. Yeah, I, I keep on telling 10 years, but I think it's going to happen quite 
faster than 10 years. Yeah, I think so as well. You're right. You mentioned join there. There's there's quite a few of them that are working on it. And it's it's almost like it's like a race to the, the line. Who's going to get there first? Because um, if you think about it now, and you can kind of guide me on this, if you've got VDC working really hard with it and you've got the pre-con and estimating site, it almost like you're double handling, like you're doing two things where really one thing should be, or, or, or a joint effort should be quicker, faster, less labor intensive. Absolutely. And, and we, I've seen our estimators pick up the BIM part pretty heavily in past few yeah. years. Um, things like Assemble have changed how uh, estimators are consuming information from the BIM side on a day-to-day -day basis. And, uh, you know, the integrations with other partners is, you know, proving that uh, pretty quickly too. Brilliant. Good. Yeah, the integrations are going to be crucial. Um, and then 6D modeling, I know we touched on it and you said it's kind of a little bit fuzzy at the moment. What's your idea of 6D modeling? I mean, it should be a, basically a, a real twin in some capacity, right? Uh, but what I've seen is, uh, the you know, it goes back to a good plan uh, from day one. Uh, having 60 uh, handover in mind on day one is particularly important to really actually make it happen. Uh, we have had some projects where you know we have delivered uh, Kobe uh, data set uh, towards the end. Um, the first one we I tried, uh, I had to basically you know rush into creating that data set towards the end because we didn't plan for it. Now we are you know getting uh, information from all the trade partners to fill into that spreadsheet and fill into an export, uh, you know, export data from the model and fill up the spreadsheet again and again to deliver to the client. But then next time it got easier because we could plan from day one. I think Kobe is, of course, uh, a critical piece of 60 puzzle. Uh, it's going to help us uh, deliver that information down the line. But again, there are uh, good products coming from the market, uh, the startup ecosystem as well, that are going to be you know, game changers in the grand scheme of things because they're allowing us to build the data set on the go, associating with the BIM, associating us uh, with the trade partners, uh, you know, having them input the information on the go uh, is going to be huge for us. Brilliant. What, just out of curiosity, who's, who's working on that or who's the trade partners or the, the products that are doing that? I mean, uh, from progress tracking perspective, a lot of companies are doing that, right? I mean, I've seen some, um, you know, even 5D companies try to, you know, hold the data and allow us to add more data uh, to the model as well. Good, good. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Very exciting because it's it's an ever changing it's an ever changing landscape. So to be able to add to it whenever whenever you need to, that would be uh, that would be nice, and we keep keep everyone updated. Exactly. Yeah, almost in real time. I like it. I'm excited. Um, cool. Um, and then what about um, Hensel Phelps? Without giving away any secrets, um, what 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 does your tech stack look like, um, and what are you using right now? It all depends on the region and the, the the owner we are working with, right? Because some owners have their own systems that they want us to use. But uh, you typically think about BIM in general. Uh, we are, of course, uh, Autodesk heavy right now. Uh, we are also using uh, a lot of Tecla uh, and uh, you know innate software uh, to help us through model coordinations. Um, but yeah, the healthcare customers that I'm working on here in uh, Southern California side, we are pretty much Autodesk heavy. Uh, on BIM side. Good. But then you also have, you know, things like Assemble for 5D, which is of course an Autodesk product, uh, you know, stuff like, um, you have uh, Sage uh, on the other side as well. That's helping us, uh, you know, uh, do estimating and do data integrations as well. Good, good. Yeah, it's getting, 
it's getting the, uh, the the full suite of something to be able to talk to one another is going to be quite difficult as well. But as you say, the integrations and the plugins are getting are getting much bigger. Um, but something exciting that you mentioned as well is the innovations team that that Hensel Phelps are putting together. I know that you're a big part of that. Um, how will that help streamline technology and, and, and decisions within technology? You, you think about the innovation side and the tech movement in the industry in the past few years, um, the startup scene is phenomenal. It's dynamic right now. There are a lot of companies that are trying to emerge uh, from stealth mode and really start building the product. And um, the entrepreneurs that are trying to build the product, sometimes they are from the industry and you know, most of the time they're not from the industry. So uh, in my opinion, the innovation teams is a, a good thing that's happening in the industry right now because that's going to help the ecosystem, uh, the startup ecosystem uh, outside looking in as well uh, as inside looking out. I mean, uh, the industry has a lot of innovators and entrepreneurs within the industry and for them to really go out, try new things on their projects, because you think about a project or a construction company, it's almost like a company or a startup within the company, right? And a lot of projects are starting uh, as they start, they're trying new products, new software, new tools, new processes uh, to deliver things better. Uh, so from both sides, the innovation groups are really acting as a catalyst. Uh, they're helping out the ecosystem externally to achieve that product market fit, give them the pilots, give them the feedback from actual customers. And uh, internally, we are helping them find the new tools, find the new companies that are actually doing really amazing stuff outside and bridge that gap where uh, the learnings are passed from each other, if that makes sense. No. That's really high level, but 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 then... The innovation team are uh, really, you know, they have to do a lot of groundwork to get there. Big time, 100%. But I 100% agree. This is the only way that we can get to a space where we can do things faster and we can expedite the, the pre-construction process if we talk and share learnings. I mean, we, there's a big thing about sharing data and stuff now. We will get there. Um, but at the end of the day, everyone should be should, should be sharing their, their, their wins, their successes, what makes, makes us build schools, houses, hospitals, quicker and faster because there will be, a, I mean, COVID obviously hasn't helped because there was a lot of delays and a lot of um, different fluctuating prices. Um, so there, there's a massive backlog that needs to be looked after. And I think technology can help us with that. Well, absolutely. Tech has a, a huge part to play as we move forward in the future, for sure. And a lot of, you know, uh, companies are on it right now. Brilliant. Love it. Um, love it. And just San Diego, um, obviously California, beautiful part of the world. Um, tell us a little bit about it. We, we, uh, so I, I know uh, that you may know, we, we relocate a lot of estimators and pre-con folks and VDC folks all over the US. Um, what's San Diego like? What's it like there to live there uh, all year round? I try pretty hard not to brag about it. It's, it's, <laughs> keep, it's keep heavenly. <laughs> but no, San Diego is a phenomenal place to, you know, um, start the career, uh, start the family and grow the family. At. It's such a, it's a big city with a small city feeling with a beach. Uh, Good. That's the way I explain. Uh, but uh, surprisingly, the community uh, here in San Diego uh, for our industry is pretty awesome as well. There are smaller groups that are working together, pretty a meeting as well. Uh, and the startup ecosystem in San Diego is pretty dynamic as well. There are a few companies that came out of San Diego, like, you know, Raycon, Fuser. Uh, there was another company uh, that Autodesk um, acquired. I'm kind of, you know, using the space right now. Uh, but a few startups are working in the, the space as well that are uh, based out of San Diego. And there is a lot of talent in the, in the region, for sure. Right. But it's phenomenal. I can't complain. 
what what do you do when you're not uh, VDC and Bemin it up? And, um, I'm a hiker. Um, I like to go uh, run on the trails for sure. Uh, if I'm not uh, hiking or running or spending time with the family, I'm taking pictures. Uh, I do a lot of landscape photography, uh, abstract photography, uh, you know, take videos. Uh, so that's my hobby. Uh, I go uh, on some photography trips uh, around as well if I can find time. But it's getting harder with the kids growing up fast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the kids keep you on your toes, I'm sure. Yeah, good. 24-7. And the, the generation is just getting you know, smarter and smarter. So they're learning so fast that it's amazing to, to see the growth. Yeah, they're learning fast and they're teaching us even more. Um, that's, that's the key. Um, so and what, what, just one thing I like asking people just before you, you head on, if you think about your career, and, and, and we talked about it before, you're advancing quite fast through the, the ranks at Hensel Phelps. What do you put that down to? Was there any one specific thing? And what sort of advice would you give give a graduate i'm, I'm going to pass on the same advice i got when i started in suburbs uh, again I, the, the fundamentally it's about people right that's rule number one but number two that my mentor at suburbs advised me when i started in suburbs and he's still my mentor right so it's pretty applicable is um rohan don't look at the software or the tools look uh, no, think about the process always go after the process first learn the process and then go after the tools and that has helped me uh, phenomenally and tremendously up to this point where uh, the shiny objects are there, but don't worry about the shiny objects. Understand the, the concept fundamentally first that allows you to go pick that shiny object really well. Um, so I, I still you know, stick to that principle. Rowan, that, that's great advice. And I know we touched on it earlier, but that's why I think that COVID and, and everything that happened through, throughout COVID is probably going to, people are going to look back in 10 or 15 years and pinpoint that time is the time that was probably most important when it comes to innovation within construction. Because any any startup to pre-con tech, uh, estimating tech, or even operations tech company that I speak to, they have seen huge amount of growth or growth within that time frame and since they've come out of that time frame so i think people are now willing to spend time looking into technology and finding out how you can kind of coordinate and, and match technology with talent to be able to do everything faster well absolutely i mean you think about it like i mentioned right i mean i think these two years or three years uh, the industry has grown by decades um, typically our industry is not uh, the one that picks up tech uh, quickly, but now everybody has picked up and touched the tech um, in, in, in some sense or more sense, right? So uh, the adoption is there, the acceptance is there, adoption is there, right? As, so I, I feel like um, we are just going to go much, much faster as the time comes. Brilliant. And again, if you have C-suite owners, um, like these people in, in senior positions that are willing to kind of obviously hand out a few pounds because it's not cheap. Innovation's not cheap within technology. But if you see the return on investment long term, um, it, it can you, you can get there much, much quicker. Absolutely. And, and I saw a pretty interesting stat uh, in Procore's uh, you know, S1 filing last year or year before is... Uh, Typically, uh, average industry tax spend is about 3% to 4% across the board, right? And construction industry spends about 1.5% uh, at the moment. So you think about uh, the gap between other industries and construction industry, there is a still uh, a massive uh, opportunity for software companies to come in and, and uh, help out uh, to create that value. And the spending from the, the you know, uh, 
construction company side is only going to grow. And I've, I think that's happening already. People are getting more um, familiar with the, the tools and what technology can do for them. Uh, and they're seeing the benefit uh, top down for sure. So the executives are buying in and leadership is buying in and it's real. Yeah, I can't wait to, to that 1.5% increases to 3% because what you're going to find is companies are going to realize they can actually build bigger, better and safer buildings. And they're also going to be able to build more of them um, because you merge that technology with talent. It's, 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 a, it's a secret recipe. Absolutely. And it's only going to get faster, right? I mean, you can do things faster, more efficiently. There is nothing like it. Brilliant. Well, this has been uh, this has been brilliant, Rohan. Appreciate it. Really, really thank you for your time. Um, really looking forward to following you on at Hansel Phelps, especially the innovations team. Looking forward to you to you contributing to that. Um, is there any anywhere in particular that that anybody listening or anybody wants to ask you a question, following up from this podcast? Where's the best place to to get you? LinkedIn or Twitter would be the best ones. Uh, R Jawali is my handle. Um, so. Brilliant. What I'll, do, I'll get that handle off you and I'll put it on the, the notes below for anyone listening. Sure. Absolutely. Ron, have a, have a great week and we'll speak to you again soon. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed myself and Rowan geeking out on all things BIM. If you are interested in other BIM VDC episodes, I would highly recommend checking out Bill Allen. He came on the podcast probably around two or three months ago. He's the president of Evolve Lab in Colorado. Another great episode is Jeremy Rowe. He's a founder at Rogana Architecture and Design in Charlotte. And then finally, why not tune in to the BIM guru, that is Brian Myers. He's the director of BIM VDC with Jacobs Engineering. 